0: Matthew chapter 22, beginning with verse 23, the same day came to him the Sadducees, which say there is no resurrection, and ask him, saying, Master, Moses said, if a man die having no children, his brother shall marry his wife, and raise up seed unto his brother." Now, there were with us seven brethren. And the first, when he had married a wife, deceased and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise, the second also and the third unto the seventh. And last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be? Of the seven. For they all had her. Jesus answering and said unto them. Ye do err. Not knowing the scriptures. Nor the power of God. For in the resurrection. They neither marry. Nor are given in marriage. But are as the angels of God in heaven. But as touching the resurrection of the dead. Have ye not read. That which was spoken unto you by God saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine. Of course, you remember the Sadducees had problems with the doctrine of the resurrection. And uh, they've been called the liberals of Jesus' day. Not only did they not believe in a resurrection, but they had trouble with immortality of the soul. And so they're trying to corner Jesus here about the doctrine of the resurrection. How silly if anybody thinks they can corner Jesus. Sort of like that crowd that tried to put a blindfold on him when they were spitting on him, slapping him. They put a blindfold on him and said, Who smote thee? (laughs) Like he didn't know. They were the ones that couldn't see. It wasn't Jesus. But they brought to Jesus this concoction of a story about a woman who ended up being the wife of seven different brothers. (laughs) Of course, that was the procedure under the law. If a man died and left his wife and his brother was to marry her. And so they concocted this story. Personally, however, I think they asked the wrong question. They said, what we want to know is in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? If a woman lived with seven men and all of them kicked the bucket, (laughs) I don't think the question ought to be, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? The question ought to be, what's that woman been putting in their coffee? Of course, the Lord Jesus immediately applied the Scriptures to them. And He brought up an Old Testament revelation of God. God had said to Moses... After Abraham's death, after Isaac's death, after Jacob's death, God said to Moses, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Jesus said, God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. These boys may have died, but they are alive. And uh, he hushed the Sadducees with this emphasis. Now, what I'd like to do this morning for just a few minutes is take that title, The God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. One of the character clusters of the Bible, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You have a lot of others, Peter, James, and John, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and so on. I'd like to take this little cluster of names, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and talk to you a few minutes about the God of our faith. By the way, lest any of you get excited about me preaching about all three of these men. I heard about a preacher who was very uh, illustrious in his preaching. He would use Old Testament people. And one Sunday morning he got a little lengthy. And he had already preached on Noah. And he said, well, I believe I'll call up old Abraham a few minutes. He used Abraham as an example. Then he said, I, "I think I'll call up Moses." And then he finally got to Joseph. He said, I "Believe I'll call old Joseph up." <clears throat> One fellow said, "Preacher, let him have my seat. I'm going to the house." <laughs> well, I'm hoping that I'll not keep you so long by talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. we will have a few seats open. My goal is not to just preach the whole life story of Abraham, the life story of Isaac, and the life story of Jacob. I'd like to take the dominating factors in their lives and say a few words about the God of our faith. You see, as God dealt with these men, He deals with us. And uh, I I want to magnify three thoughts. We'll not go back to the book of Genesis. I think you're familiar enough with these three characters that I can just mention a few thoughts. First of all, I want to talk about the God of Abraham as the God who calls sinners. The God who calls sinners. Now, putting what is said in the Old Testament together with what is said in the New Testament, Abraham was a very involved idolater. He and his father and his uncle and all of his relatives, they worshipped false gods. The book of Joshua calls them other gods. They worshipped other gods this side of the flood. In other words, he didn't know the living God. He was just going through one, two, threes, bowing down to these idols. And then the day came when, as it's put in Acts chapter 7, that God appeared unto Abraham. And He said unto him, I want you to leave thy kindred, thy habitation, your country. And I want you to go unto a land that I will show thee. And I want to major on that. He got this call from God. Really, that's the only thing that makes people different in this world. If some have heard God's call... And some apparently have not heard God's call. Or they have not obeyed God's call. And uh, God is a God who calls sinners unto Himself. We don't just get up one morning and decide we're going to be a Christian. But the Lord calls. The Lord deals with us. Oh, how well I remember God dealing with me as a boy. I fought it, and fought it, and fought it. But oh, His hand reached further down than I could reach up. And I thank Him for calling me unto Himself. Now I want to just talk about this call for a few minutes. God calls us from to. There's some folks think that God just calls and then you can live any way you want to. But He calls us from the old life to His life, which is found only in Christ. Amen. It's not that we just quit doing a few things that we know were wrong and start doing a few things that we know are right. But God calls us from that lifestyle to a new life in Christ. Now this is how I've been thinking about it. This is a little different approach, but really what what did God call him from? One thing I want to say is that he called Abraham from what he knew. Yeah. Amen. He knew idols. Yeah. His dad had trained him in idolatrous practices. Right. He knew where to sit them or to set them. He knew where when to bow down. He knew how to approach them in idolatrous fashion. But God called him from what he did know to what he absolutely knew nothing about. He didn't know God. He didn't understand uh, Christian language we might say or verbiage. He didn't understand the way, the walk, uh, he, he was called out of one world into another world. Now hold on to that thought, I'll come back to it in just a minute. Not only was he called from what he knew to what he didn't know, but he was called from what he could see to what he couldn't see. You could see the idols, they, they were representative gods, false gods. And they made them out of stone or wood or some other materials. You could see them. But God called him from what he could see, so-called gods, to what he couldn't see. The living God, the invisible God, the God who is spirit. He called him, again, the idea is from his world to the spiritual world. Hold on to that as well, and I don't want to mention a third truth. He also called Abraham from what he could touch. He could touch those idols to what he couldn't touch. Now think about this: you not only can't touch God physically, you can't touch faith. You can't hold faith in your hand. You can't. You can't touch grace. You you really can't touch prayer. It comes out of us, but you can't touch it. You can't grab it. God called him from what he could touch to what he couldn't touch. He called him from a visible experience to experiencing the invisible God and all the traits that go with him. Now, here's my thought before I move to Isaac. Yes, God called Abraham from what he did know to what he didn't know. But He called him from what he did know to what he didn't know so he could begin to know what many do not know. The God of reality, the God of truth, the God of salvation. Why some of us used to try to figure it out. What in the world? Why do they go to church all the time? Why do they want me to be saved? They want me to do what? Repent. And believe. Why? It was just not in us. But God called us from what we did know to what we didn't know so we could begin to know. I'd like to say this morning without hesitancy, I know the Lord. And I know He is a God of truth. And He's a God of love according to the Scriptures. And then God called Abraham from what he could see to what he couldn't see. So he could begin to see. You see, we do not see just with these eyes. The Bible tells us that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. It is another dimension. It is another realm. It is a spiritual realm. We are called out of the fleshly world into the spiritual world. So that we can begin to see the things of God. I love to be preaching and somebody come up to me after the service. And they say... Brother Tom, I had never seen that before. Well, I wasn't holding up an object lesson. What do they mean they never had seen it before? Ah, their spiritual vision. Yeah. Caught a glimpse of another facet of spiritual truth. And spiritual reality. May I add that last emphasis. God called Abraham from what he did know to what he didn't know. So he could begin to know. He called him from what he could see to what he couldn't see so he could begin to see. He called him from what he could touch to what he couldn't touch so he could begin to touch. The Bible talks about touching the invisible. We touch it, we touch it through prayer, we touch it through the heart of love, we touch it As we read His Word, this is not just another book, this is God's Word. And so we're brought into reality. A while ago, we touched the invisible. As God was pleased to share a moment or two of His holy presence, those who are saved touched the invisible. Yeah, (laughs) I'm telling you, the God of Abraham is the God who calls sinners. I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but I would remind you God doesn't call just with some outward voice. Uh, You've called your boy or your daughter, and you said, All right, John. It's time to go. That was an external voice. But the Lord speaks deep down in our hearts. And when He speaks, He said, My sheep know my voice. You know that it's not mom or daddy or my somebody's opinions or ideas, but the Lord is pulling at your heart. The Lord is talking to you. I believe already this morning he's talked to some of us here in this congregation. Then let me take a moment with Isaac. Don't anybody leave you now. Leave your seat. Let's stay. hang on. I want to talk about Isaac for a few minutes. You know, Isaac's an interesting character. He's really a type of Christ in many ways. And yet, his marriage... You ever heard anybody say, oh boy, that marriage is made in heaven. Well, you might ought to wait a few years. (laughs) Now, let's hang on a little bit before we say that. Because it looked like Isaac's marriage to Rebecca was made in heaven, didn't it? But you know, there came a time uh, when uh, he and his wife didn't get along and she seemed to uh, put uh, get, cater more to esau than to jacob and there was a little conflict there in the home it may be made in heaven but if you're not careful a little bit of hell will slip in and uh, so he's a strange somewhat of a strange character but most of his life is very Uh, exemplar of divine principles. I want to say that if God, the God of Abraham is the God who calls sinners, then the God of Isaac is the God who continues salvation. What God started in Abraham, He continued in Isaac. Now, uh, I'm I'm not talking about family salvation. I'm not saying that you're saved on the basis of Papa's faith or Mama's prayers. No, it's personal. My wife and I said recently we have three of the sweetest daughters this side of heaven. But we realize afresh all three of them are going to have to have their own experience with God. They can't have daddy's experience. They can't have mama's experience. They're going to have to have their own relationship with Jesus. I'm not talking about household salvation here. I'm talking about God continuing the work. What He started in Abraham was continued in Isaac. In fact, He said to Isaac, As I spake to your father Abraham, so I remind you. I would say two or three things briefly. Firstly, God continued to work in Isaac's life on the basis of a covenant. A covenant He had made with Abraham. You know, I'm persuaded when God really saves a person, that that work of grace continues. That, that crisis encounter, whether it takes place at an altar... Or on your couch. Or down at the barn in prayer. Or wherever you were and are when God saves you. That crisis encounter is not the end. It moves into a daily process. And God begins to develop you in the Christian life. But it's on the basis of that covenant that He made in Christ. Then may I add... That God continued to work in Isaac, not only on the basis of a former covenant, but He continued to work in Isaac by the blessing of communication. The God who spoke to Abraham spoke to Isaac. And aren't you glad God doesn't just call you to salvation, but He keeps on talking to you. And He keeps on calling you. And He keeps on dealing with you over and over. And they are different levels. God will speak to you here and it will help you go up a little bit. Then He will talk to you here and it will help you make a little more progress. As you move towards heaven. The city of God. And then I would mention thirdly. God continued this work in Isaac through the bigness of his cooperation. Isaac cooperated with God's plan. Amen. He obeyed God. He lived by faith, just like his daddy lived by faith. Absolutely. And God is looking for people to cooperate with His dealings. You know, sometimes I feel like people think, and just I'm thinking out loud with you. Just look, watch this minute. I think sometimes people think if I could ever get to there, wherever there is, if I could ever get to there, then I'd start walking with God too. No, it doesn't work that way, dear friend. you got to walk with God if you ever get there. That's You just need to go ahead and cooperate with Him and yield to Him. I was preaching recently in Romans 6. There are three big words there. The first word is know. you got to know some things. And then the second word was reckon. you got to count them to be so daily. Amen. But the third word, here's the clincher. you got to yield your bodies to these things that you know. Amen. Yield yourself to God. And here we have that portrayed in Isaac who really typified Christ in many different ways. His birth, his life, his his, uh, pictorial death, his resurrection in a figure. It was not literal, but in a figure as Hebrews 11 says. Before we go our way, I want to say a word about Jacob. I'm preaching on the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God of our faith. He's the God who calls sinners. He calls us to faith. And then He's the God who continues salvation. He does that through faith. And then when we come to Jacob, boy, wasn't he a a macho fella in his age? It didn't matter what he did. He came out the the winner. You ever heard people say that? Man, I think he... I think uh, every deal he makes, he makes money out of it. That's Jacob. He didn't lose anything. He came out on top every time. Even when it came to his dad-in-law. His dad-in-law thought he would uh, really put put Jacob in a bind. And he came out having more cattle than his dad-in-law leaving him sort of with the bag, so to speak, as he left. But the truth is, before God can really bless us, He has to break us. Amen. And Jacob's life is a reminder that God has to break us. <laughs> oh, yeah. you, you may feel, I know what to do. You don't have to preach to me. I, I know what to do. I, my mom and daddy, they, they, they taught me right. I know what to do. I, can handle it. I wish people would get out of my life and I'll take care of it. I was in a pastor's car several, I guess it's been three years ago. We were sitting. I was sitting in the car. He had picked me up at the motel. I had the window down because I was hot. And this woman, I'd say she's 27, 28. Uh, the pastor said to her as he was coming out the door, and his car is just right down below the door, right down below the step. He called her name and he said, I heard you got that, that job. He said, I'm so glad that you got it. He said, we'll be praying for you as you make the transition. I wish she hadn't said it like this. Very confident. She said, oh, I I can handle it. I can handle it. Well, there's some things maybe we can handle. But there comes a time in our lives when we can't handle it all. God has to break it. God has to bring us to a point to where we realize, Lord, I can't do it. Yeah. Lord, I can't handle it. Lord, Lord, I don't know which way to turn. I, I've tried to stiffen my lip and I can't I can't seem to feel strong. I can't fear, seem to decide what to... Oh, Lord, I'm in a mess. But really, in one way, He loves for us to get to that point. Amen. So He can show Himself strong in our lives. So I want to call the God of Jacob. Let me go back over it. The God of Abraham, the God who calls sinners. The God of Isaac, the God who continues salvation. The God of Jacob, the God who conquers self. You remember he wrestled with a man one night. He didn't really know who he was wrestling with at first. But boy, he got a hold of somebody he couldn't beat. And then the Lord touched the sinew of his thigh. That's his strong point. That's a wrestler's strong point. God touched the sinew of his thigh. For the first time in his life, he realized that he was defeated. God has to break us so he can bless us. The time of this conquest or this breaking intrigues me. It had been 20 years. Jacob had been away from Bethel. And now as he comes back, God breaks him. It takes some of us a little longer than it does others. But God's got the timing down. I want to tell you that He knows when and where to touch us. Which brings me to another little thought. Not only the timing of His conquest, but the touch. God knows what looks to be your strongest point. And He knows how to touch it and bring you into submission. Oh, friend, don't rebel against him. No, Don't try to fight him. Go ahead and yield to him. You don't want him to touch you in some of those areas where you'll be wounded for the rest of your life. However, I must mention the trait of Jacob's conquest. How do we know that God conquered Jacob? Because the rest of his life, He had to lean on the staff. Yeah. The tough man, Jacob, yeah. mm. couldn't move one of those legs. Right? He was Right. because God had conquered him. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, you look a whole lot better. I look a whole lot better after God has crippled us. Oh, yeah. Because we're no longer self-confident, yeah, yeah. dependent on ourselves. We're dependent on the blessed Holy Spirit, heaven's staff, to help us through here. Now this is hazeology. I don't know that this happened. But I like to think that after a while they had a family reunion. I know it wasn't Western Carolina or East Tennessee. But surely they had a little get-together at some point. Don't you imagine all the grandchildren. By this time, Jacob's a papa, a great-grandpa. His beard's down on his chest. And uh, they've heard this story about him. Why he walks funny a thousand times, the family has. But can't you imagine... As everybody's coming to see Papa Jacob and his wife, don't you imagine that some of them said to little bitty Abraham or little bitty Joseph or some. Now listen, we've heard Papa's story enough. Don't ask him why he walks funny. <laughs> don't ask him why he has to have a stick. We don't want to hear it today. But you can imagine. Papa Jacob's out there in the yard watching all the children play, and little Abe comes by. And he says, Hey, Papa. And Papa Jacob says, Hey, aren't you little Abe? Yeah, good to see you. And right out of nowhere, Abe says, Papa. Why do you walk the way you walk? <laughs> Why do you always carry that stick? And Jacob begins to tell his story. Yeah. I see a tear or two come down his cheek and run into his beard. As he tells that grandchild or great grandchild, honey, Pawpaw met one that was more than he could handle I wrestle with the Lord, and the Lord won, honey. Yeah. Now listen, I've got two grand boys. Some of you got more. Some of you got some coming. One of my friends told me that he was glad the Lord gave me grandsons. He's tired of hearing all my illustrations about my daughters. <laughs> But I, I wonder if maybe one of the boys didn't say go at home. You know, Pawpaw told us why he walks funny, but my other Pawpaw don't walk that way. Listen. Even the children and the grandchildren can tell when God's conquered an error in your life. You'll never walk the same again. To be met by God is to be marked by God. And you have to lean on the strength of another and not just self. The Lord knows how to conquer us. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God of our faith. Now let's make a few applications and we'll go our way. Is He calling you? Honey, mama may not know about it. Daddy may not know about it. and Your boyfriend may not know about it. But is he calling you? <laughs> Young man, is he calling you? Uh, Papa, is he calling you? You finally got around to look at life and death. From the right perspective. And you are not ready to meet God. And yet the Lord instead of leaving you alone. And letting you go on. To judgment without Him. He calls you so tenderly. Yeah. Yeah. And so graciously. Yeah. How about you that claim to be saved. Can it be said about you? Boy they are going on with the Lord. Lord. God's really continuing to work in their lives. And what about some of us who think we can handle everything? God may just have to break us. Oh, that we might yield to Him. I want you to stand with me. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed as we wait in His presence.